the show that brings you back i ain't telling you no lie <laughs> Good one. i'm i'm a v. rubenstein i'm a musician and writer uh and i'm one of the hosts like i guess i don't know who's to say um and i'm joined as always by Lindsay tucker who is the other host the main host no 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 no, no. i'm Lindsay tucker i'm a journalist uh a former radio Website You're a former radio, former, former radio website runner. Great, Fab, fabulous take that work. Out. You, you'll take. I that absolutely out, will not. Please, yes, come on. No. Okay, so this is a show where we discuss famous songs and the weird, sordid, secret, interesting histories behind them. Exactly. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. When you rate and review it, that helps other listeners find us who, just like you, might enjoy what we have to say. Yeah, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your frenemies. Sing about it. Sing about it. Go to the rooftops. Yeah, that's all we ask. That's a, is that so much to ask to, for you to <laughs> shout it from the rooftops? I feel like it's like not asking much these days. It truly not, is. We know you're not going anywhere. Uh, come on. Just get out on your rooftops. What a, what a, remember when we used to clap for the service workers? Well, now we're singing about podcasts from our rooftops <laughs> it's basically the same thing basically the same thing um so what are we doing what are we talking about today i'm asking you you're you're in the driver's seat today so what what classic famous piece of music are we discussing today l l dog today we are talking about the hook by blue strapler <sighs> okay so i'm going to play the song right now for the listeners so you can hear it if you're not familiar with it Truth of best reflection. But I 
see what you're doing to me This MTV is not for free It's so PC is killing me So desperately I'll sing the other love Shove it off so raging Hating pain and fear itself And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf I've tried, well no doubt I lied You'd be friends with suicide But I got too much pride inside your hide But fine, I'll do as I'll decide And let it ride until I die And only then shall I abide this by to catch little tunes I'll skip through many ditties I wanna bust all your balloons I wanna burn all of your seeds to the ground I found I will not mess around Unless I play And hey, I will go on all day Hear what I say, I have a prayer to pray That's really all this was One feeling stuck in me And if I've got no Um, the hook was from Blues Traveler's 1994 album Four, which you know their fourth studio album. Sure, and that was released on September 13th, 1994, one day after my ninth birthday. How how about that? Yeah, I did all the identity thieves out there. Okay, don't give people ideas. Do you remember what the album cover looked like? If I close my eyes and picture the album cover, I think it's like a crude drawing of a human being that's with a giant head, but I I actually think that that's the cover of the Bare Naked Ladies album that came out around the same time, so I don't... The short answer is no, I don't remember what it looked like. Okay, so open up your email. Okay. Oh, yeah, the cool cat. Yeah, so you're not too far off. It's an extremely large head of a cat. So this is, this is when, when album art graphic design was really at its lowest in terms of creativity. <laughs> Yeah, we have a clip art cat. Um, his mouth's open, or she. Give me some Times New Roman. <laughs> yeah. um, it does look a little like Cambria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what my notes are in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's interesting about the fact that this came out in 1994 for me is that it really took off for me in high school. Yes, same. I had not really heard. I mean, the main hit was for Blues Traveler was. Um, once upon a bum, bum. yes run around yeah run around and that i remember being in a bunch of like movies and tv shows and, and on the radio at the time but like you i only discovered this song in high school huh i wonder why I, how about that i wonder well you've you've done the research so i don't know well it didn't really touch on that it's uh yeah there isn't this a, is a there hole isn't in a, my research a Lindsay's high school <laughs> experience in in the uh in the wikipedia no, but I'm going to say it on the air right now, so anyone that wants to update the page, feel for you. Sure. My friends and I had this Blues Traveler renaissance. We went to see them play in New York, um, which is a big deal for me because my mom would never let me go see concerts. I usually lied to go to concerts. Um, and this one, I don't remember why I needed her buy-in. Like, I needed her to drive me or something. So she... My mom also is someone who was like... She would take me to New York as a kid once a year and tell me and my sister don't look at anyone in the eyes because she thought we were going to get stolen. Oh, sure. I, w- I, got, I got put your wallet in your front pocket so you didn't get mugged. <laughs> Very fearful of the yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Suburbs, so man. somehow, yeah, somehow my mother completely broke out of her shell, took me and my friends uh, to see Blues Traveler. And then I went and saw them again in New York when I was in college. So I've actually road tripped from Rhode Island to New York to see this band. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow i mean i was basically on tour john popper's smooth sounds are irresistible yeah basically i was gonna ask you what you thought the biggest hit was but we have established that it was run around yeah yeah run around was run around charted at number eight on billboard's hot 100 i remember run around being in like the truth about cats and dogs or whatever it was like a bunch of rom-coms from that era the truth about cats and dogs. With, oh no, must love dogs. No. I went to see Must Love Dogs by myself on Valentine's Day. I'll never forget that. Wow. Neither would I. Um, people thought it was weird and sad, but I, I was like, come on. I love going to movies by myself. Truth about um, cats and dogs no, is with um, Uma Thurman and Janine Garofalo. Uh huh. I vaguely remember this one. And it's like a Cyrano, reverse Cyrano de Bergerac situation, and um, Jamie Foxx is in it. Oh, I'm excellent. not actually positive that Blues Traveler is in this movie, but you know, whatever. It was in the Alvin and the Chipmunks 
2007 video game. Yes. (laughs) And it had a brief resurgence in popularity in 2014 for its 20 year anniversary. I wonder if Hook came back in 04 because of the 10 year anniversary. Perhaps people were just like making congratulations on your 10 year anniversary hook cake. Yeah. Who holding parties among us did not go to a 10 year anniversary of the blues travelers (laughs) record four party in Oh four. I know I did. I certainly did too. Okay. So we're unsure. (laughs) What we are sure about is that it charted at number eight on billboards at 100. The hook came in second at number 23 at the time. Yeah. Okay. Both songs also charted on the top 20 for Billboard's Modern Rock and Mainstream Rock charts. Okay. So it was both, both of them were modest, if not big hits. Yeah. Great. And then the album sold 6 million copies and went six times platinum. So, sextuple platinum? Sextuple platinum is a, lo- is a lot of platinums. <laughs> Tell me what is a hook? A hook is a memorable part of a song, usually kind of featuring a melodic, something melodic that you can like repeat that will get like stuck in, stuck in your head. It's a hook because it, it hooks you into the song and it hooks itself into your brain. And it, depending on who you ask, there are different parts. To me, there's not one specific part of the song that is the hook. The hook could be the chorus. The hook could be the beginning. The hook could be a guitar riff. It's just anything that weasels its way into your consciousness and doesn't leave. Um, but other people will refer to the hook as like the refrain of the song, the thing that gets repeated over and over and over again, which is usually the case. Do you have a favorite hook? Do I have a favorite hook? I don't know. Maybe the hook from Hook. I. I haven't, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite hook? Uh, I also wasn't prepared to answer that question either. Why why not? You asked the question. (laughs) Um, You know what? I actually, I have, I do have one of, one of my favorite hooks is going from the Paul McCartney part to back to the John Lennon part in A Day in the Life. Uh, The Beatles song in A Day in the Life. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite hooks and it's like it is a refrain part but it's not it's just like the verse of the song but i love i love when the clouds clear on that song okay so what is this song about the blues traveler song Mm -hmm. i think it's about itself it's like a ouroboros it's it's a snake eating its own tail the hook is about the song that it is and the the first lyrics are i'm doing this from memory by the way it doesn't matter what i sing as long as i sing with inflection doesn't matter what i say as long as yeah right so it's about kind of faking nonsense, but doing it with uh, with confidence, and the hook will bring you back into the song, no matter what happens. Um, to me, what what really demonstrates that the song is about itself is after the like ripping harmonica solo, which I love. Everyone everyone loves the first lot the first lyrics are suck it in suck it in suck it in which is the air that is going back into his lungs after doing that amazing solo so that would be like Jimi hendrix playing a playing a guitar solo and then saying my fingers hurt <laughs> yeah this song has a lot of great i guess would you call it like meta qualities yeah self-referential whatever Right from the beginning, it's like the message of the song is he's pointing out the sort of the contrivances in pop music. Sure. I I didn't I don't know if I ever looked at it as an indictment of pop music, but it makes total sense when you're saying it. Should we go through the lyrics? We should. Okay, let's go. Let's do it, because I don't know all of them. And there's a lot of them that are that come like fast and furious. Are we going to tag team? Oh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't matter what I say as long as I sing with inflection. That makes you feel I'll convey some inner truth or vast reflection. Um, so these are definitely not what I thought the lyrics were, but <laughs> but it is it is talking about kind of the substancelessness of the lyrics of to me it was it's specifically about this song, but your your kind of interpretation that it's like actually all pop songs or could be all pop songs. Or most. Or most. And we'll get to why a little bit further down, too. I think, I think that argument holds up. Sure. But I've said nothing so far, and I can keep it up for as long as it takes. And it don't matter who you are, 
if I'm doing my job, then it's your resolve that breaks. Yeah. So this reminds me of that line from like, remember the Titans where Denzel Washington's like, if my plays are like Novocaine, it just takes a while to work. So he can, he can say nothing for as long as he wants. And no matter whether you're fucking Shakespeare or not, you will be numbed or drawn in or seduced by the combination of melody and chord progression. And doesn't matter what the, if the, there's no substance to the song whatsoever, because the hook brings you back. So I think it, it's a really a comment on the formulaic nature of music sure. these days of what's popular. The, and the, and the, the, the chord progression is extremely formulaic, and I'm sure that we'll talk about that. Oh, don't you worry. Oh, I'm not worried. <laughs> um, do you want to switch? Sure. Uh, so we have our, our, our chorus, our refrain, the hook brings you back. I ain't telling you no lie. The hook brings you back. On that, you can rely. And there's something amiss. I'm being insincere. In fact, I don't mean any of this. Still, my confession draws you near to confuse the issue I refer to familiar heroes from long ago, no matter how much Peter loved her, what made the pan refuse to grow was the hook brings you back. Oh, very interesting Peter Pan illusion, which is kind of fun. I absolutely love this. Yeah. So he's saying, you know, I'm being insincere, but me telling you that. So this is so this is interesting. Even more endearing I, to you. I, I have, I've never, so, so there's a couple ways to read this, right? Because he could say, I'm being insincere about the thing I said in the first verse, or I'm being insincere mm. about this whole situation. True. And depending on your reading of it, it changes the rest of the song. Also true. I think the bit about, um, to confuse the issue, I'll refer to familiar heroes from long ago. So he's bringing in Peter Pan, which is a figure from literature that mm. many people have any age will feel probably some attachment to some kind of, I think it pulls on the heartstrings for me, any kind of Peter Pan, there's a Peter Pan lyric um, in a Taylor Swift song that says, (laughs) try to change the ending Peter losing Wendy. And whenever I hear that, like, I just want to cry. It's so sad to me. Like I'm getting sad right now. (laughs) So, but, but like it adds a bunch of cool layers. So he's, he's saying I'm purposely obfuscating the meaning of the song by ramping up to this double entendre, right? Of mm-hmm. the hook that brings the you hook. back. Right. So that's cool. Exactly. So yeah, so the literal reason why Peter couldn't grow up and is be with the Wendy bing- is brings him back hook. to <laughs> yeah. 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 I have some more on that. Um, you do? Yeah. So Song Facts spoke with Bruce Traveler guitarist. I am really gonna butcher this name. Chan Kinchilla. Chinchilla? <laughs> Chan Kinchla. Chan Kinchla. He told us the he told he told Song Facts that the Peter Pan story was a favorite of the bands. He okay. said, I think all musicians and rock bands have a kind of Peter Pan complex. We always loved that innocent wonder and that vibe. I am that might be a little that might be a stretch in terms of like the reason we put in Peter Pan is because none of us want to grow up. No, I think it's because the song is called Hook. It's a great lyric. Yeah. Uh, he went on to say John is always peppering his lyrics with little allusions to famous tales. I, I love that and can relate to it. <laughs> so Runaround, for example, one of the lines is Once Upon a Midnight Dreary, which is which alludes. Poe. Yes. John Popper told the Bar Montpelier Times Argus that he wrote the song on the toilet. Great. Once again, can relate. He said the tiles in the bathroom make for good acoustics. This is actually uh, this is actually a well-known fact for um for musicians who do home recordings that bathroom reverb is is like a much sought after type of reverb. So usually not usually, uh not insignificant amount of times people will record their guitar tracks or their vocals in a bathroom great have you ever done that yes guitar not not vocals um popper also said my brother told me you put too many words in your verses so i think <laughs> One, he then- another thing i can relate to <laughs> i think he kind of took that as a challenge because when we get to the bridge what would we call that i would consider it the third verse because the bri- nothing changes about the bridge except for the speed with which he relays the lyrics so back to the lyrics suck it in suck it in suck it in if you're rin tin tin or anne boleyn make a desperate move or else you'll win and then begin to see 
what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for free. It's so PC. It's killing me. So desperately, I sing to thee of love. <gasps> Breath. Another critique, right? This MTV is not for free. You're killing pop. You're killing music. I think there's there's a cost here, right? Yeah, I think I think be, uh, because I've never kind of dissected these lyrics. I think some of this is still nonsense. Um, Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn doesn't. There's no way that you slice it that that makes sense. There are some internet theories. Okay, I'm very interested. <laughs> but yeah, your MTV is not for free. It's so PC, it's killing me. Um, yeah, the the kind of sterilization of pop music. I get that. I, I definitely understand that moment that he's talking about. Um, so some people on the internet thought that the suck it in, suck it in was not literal, but it was sort of a diss to like Ren Tin Tin and Anne Boleyn the um the German Shepherd and the <laughs> okay okay I'm keeping an open mind but it was more of like because they're classics classics um not like you're a dog suck it in suck it in suck it in if you're Ren Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn to these classics S- but suck it in it, me- it means like that they're that they're fat like I don't understand I don't understand what the diss is. If you're if you're a classic art, you have no place here. Mm, but Rin Tin Tin was a TV show. Like I wouldn't put that. It's also, on a Susan Orlean book, but that came later. Okay, sure. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the um, show. Yeah, Susan, Susan Orlean. Orlean. Call me. Yeah i I think I think it is kind of because the whole first half of the song is all about like I'm going to give you pleasing sounding syllables that don't mean anything i in my head wrote everything else off as pleasing sounding syllables that don't mean anything and it could be that could be very well sure okay it's my turn sure but also of rage and hate and pain and fear of self and i can't keep these feelings on the shelf i've tried well no in fact i lied could be financial suicide but i've got too much pride inside to hide or slide I'll do as I decide and let it ride until I've died, and only then shall I abide this tide of catchy little tunes of hip three-minute ditties. I want to bust all your balloons. I want to burn all your cities to the ground. So this is, this is his rejection of the, the, the idea that everything's nonsense, right? That it, yes. mi- it might be financial suicide, but I'm going to write all the lyrics I want. I'm going to make them mean the thing that I want. And then when I've died is when I will write my three-minute pop songs that don't mean anything. Until then, I'll burn your cities to the ground. Yeah. Which, which is like an interesting threat coming from fucking Blues Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he got busted for gun possession, I think. That's okay. You know what? <laughs> Withdrawn. Don't come, don't come for me, Popper. Yeah, turns out he's a scary dude. Yeah. Uh, so, so, okay, so he will not mess around unless I play, then hey, I will go on all day, hear what I say, down by the bay, I just may. I have a prayer to pray. That's really all it was. When I'm feeling stuck and I need a buck, I don't rely on luck because the huck brings you back. We did it. We did it. So when he's feeling stuck and needs a buck, he doesn't rely on luck. Because he can do this meaningless experiment and make a million dollars no matter when, whenever he decides. Exactly. Right. I used to think I was really good at lip syncing or singing that song, but I always got that verse wrong. But I'll talk more about that. Yeah, this is absolutely not, especially like, did not know it was Anne Boleyn. You didn't? No, I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> any, any thoughts you want to share on what you thought it was? I, I don't, I can't even think about it now. Cause, I know, once you know what it is. Yeah, it's just syllables. It's, it's hard to unsee the real thing. Yeah. Well... To make this song even more in your face about what I think is pretty clear is its message. The entire chord progression is basically Pachelbel's canon in C- D. Correct. Yes. But transposed in the key of A major. So A major is just an easier key to play on the... Well, D major is also very easy. It's probably just his singing register. So what do we know about this chord progression? Um, it is, it is re- extremely repetitive, and it is the basis for a ton of other pop music. Yes. And it's widely used often as the hook. Sure, widely used. So, so it is. It is repetitive and and will get caught in your head, right? So there are a bunch of famous examples of Pachelbel's canon in pop music. I think the one that people might know the best is that Vitamin C song, "Graduation." 
oh, look in your email. So there's two lists that I sent you. Uh-huh. The first one that says, here's a Spotify playlist of pop songs based on the composition. Pop song based on Pocketbell's canon. I'll do a rapid fire list of the songs. Yes. Hook, Basket Case, which um, is just in the, nope, it's the whole song. Graduation by Vitamin C, Superman by Goldfinger, love it. Life Goes On by Tupac, that's a, that's a surprising one. See You When You Get There by Coolio. Hometown by Joe Jackson, All Together Now by The Farm. I don't know these songs. Delirium, Akon's Don't Matter, Go West by The Pet Shop Boys, Don't Look Back in Anger, Crying by Aerosmith, which I hate. Me too. Um, First Class. Skater Boy. Skater Boy, First Class by A Beach Baby by First Class, Torn by Natalie and Brulia. (gasps) I love that song. I don't know if that's accurate. No Woman, No Cry, Blight and Day. By the Polyphonic Spree, This Night by Expo, There's So Many, Tunnel of Love by Dire Straits. You can skip some, um, I am I am skipping a bunch. There's the, the, the Spotify playlist has 95. The one that I want to focus on is Ladies and Gentlemen, We're Floating in Space, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Um, and that's Pocketball's Canon in D, um, for sure, by a band called Spiritualized. Let It Be? I don't buy that. The national anthem of Russia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's it is it is a it is a rewarding eight eight chord chord progression. I have nothing what, else. What's to say rewarding it. about it? Why do we as humans gravitate toward this? So it so to me, there's like a pattern, right? So it goes kind of it ladders down, bum 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 bum, and then it comes back up and returns you to the to the start. Um and mm-hmm. resolves um resolves on the same key uh, same chord that it starts on so you could just play it forever and ever and ever and there's as you as you just kind of started humming like tons of modulations that you can do or like improvisations that you can do over it that will all fit together because it's all under the same Mm -hmm. chord progression i think we'll start with you watching this video it's called pachelbel rant yeah okay um, all right, so there's this comedian, Rob Paravanian, who has a bit, like a Pachelbel's rant. It's called Pachelbel's rant. We're mm-hmm. going to watch that together now. Yes. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this little story. It's about this piece of music. Man, 2006 a was the time. Piece of music. I'm sure you all know it, but I'll sing the melody right now. Just... Why are you saying that? Is it his t-shirt on top of his t-shirt? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Pachelbel's canon in D. It's a big hit in the classical world. And I'm thinking I about bringing that back. I'm a geek. I know what you're thinking. It's like, Rob, you can't be a geek. You play guitar. You're so cool. Okay, you weren't thinking that, but I was. Um, well, I haven't always been this cool because I haven't always played guitar. I started out on the cello. Yeah, cello is a wonderful, beautiful instrument. It's a cool to be an adult that plays a cello. Being a kid that played the cello sucked. Because there's no way to be cool when your instrument is larger than you. When you walk to school with a cello, you're like a wounded gazelle on the Serengeti, man. The bullies just smell you coming from a mile away. Ooh, I don't know what that thing is, but I know I'm gonna break it. <laughs> but I put up with all of the abuse because I love the music that we played. I love everything we played in orchestra, except this. I hate Pachelbel's Canon in D with a passion. I hate it so much because the cello part is the worst cello part ever written in the history of cello parts. It's eight quarter notes that we repeated yeah, over and over notes. and they are as follows. D, yeah. A, B, F sharp, G, D, G, A. And that's all we got to play. We repeated those eight notes 54 times. It I sounds like it. the hook, what he's playing right now. He is, I mean, it's the exact chords in a different key. I would sit back and listen to the violins get lovely melodies, the violas would get lovely melodies, the second violins would get lovely melodies, which should just not happen. And the cello, we got stuck with eight crappy, lousy, stinking notes. And I began to wonder why. Why would Pachelbel do that to us? Such a beautiful instrument. And my theory was he once dated a cellist. And she dissed him really bad. And so for the rest of his life, he came up with the worst cello parts he could ever think of. It wouldn't be so bad if I didn't hear him every day. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Rob, don't listen to classical radio anymore. I, it doesn't matter. Pachelbel's following me. It sounds paranoid, but he's following you too. You hear him every day. I don't know. I went to my step-nephew-in-law's eighth grade graduation. Step-nephew-in-law. And their graduation song was a song by Vitamin C. No. As we go on, we'll 
da 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 So on the drive home, I turned on some classic rock, some Aerosmith. There was a time when I was so broken hearted. La da 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 So I got home, I thought I'd clear my mind with some folk music. No, listen children to my story. It was written Ooh, long once in ago. Soldier. They do Paca Bell just like everybody does Paca Bell just to torment me. I don't even go to Taco Bell anymore because it sounds too close. <laughs> I don't go to Taco <laughs> that's, Bell anymore. That's pretty good. I hate Paco Bell with a passion. I don't even know his first name. It's probably Johan. They're all named Johan. When you think about it, he's the original one-hit wonder. He had one hit 300 years ago. It's my cross to bear my entire life. Where are they now? That's what I want to know. Where are you now, Paco Bell? VH1's I Love the 1790s. Where is it? And if he would just stay away from music that I loved, it would be better, but he won't. He is shameless. He will follow me to the ends of the earth. I went to Horde Festival thinking, no, he couldn't possibly follow me to the Horde Festival. But you know who's at the Horde Festival? Blue Traveler. So that means that Pachelbel was also at the Horde Festival. So, suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. We're in Berlin or in Tintin. Make it a spread moving and you're in. So I figure I'm going to listen to punk rock for the rest of my life. No dice. Do you have the time? To listen to me whine. You know I'm getting really bored. Cause all songs have So that part's not from that. Punk music is a joke. It's really just baroque. Not from That's what he's playing now is not part of those characters. Right, right, right. Um This is two let it be references in two two episodes in a row. We're finding some threads. Yeah. We had Alvin and the Chipmunks twice. That's true, too. So, funny enough, my friend's band, they're called Bella's Bartok, and they do they do a Paco Bell's canon song called Paco and the Devil, and it's it's called Paco and the Devil, so they're not hiding it. Um, but, yeah, maybe we'll go out on that this week. So, what's the message of that story? Pa- that pop music is all formulaic off of, like, Baroque classical which is like not not un, unheard of and there are kind of some famous other chord progressions like i mentioned the duop chord progression which is one six four five and then there's the like bon jovi chord progression which is a six four one five what does that mean to people who it doesn't mean anything to uh so there are eight notes in a scale do re mi fa sol do and so do is the key the first the lowest and the highest is the first is the key that the song is in and that's number one and so Fa is number two, Re is number three, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're playing the note, the chord that is associated with the di- its distance away from the root note. Think of a duop song and literally any duop song. That thing? N- no, a real duop song. It's called duop. I know what I know what it's called, <laughs> but like like from the fifties. Okay. So it'll it'll start on the major key, right? And then it'll drop down three notes. And so it goes down three notes. That's the sixth in the chord progression. Then it goes to the four and the five. So that's like... Pleasing to the ear, the way it resolves, that it's like very familiar to hear, right? Well, I wanted to know how Canon and D got so popular and where essentially it came from. Yeah. And what I found out is that where the song originated and exactly why Pachelbel composed it is largely a mystery to music historians. Oh, no. So according to the New York Times, this is a direct quote, just to give credit where credit is due. It dates to the late 17th or early 18th century, and there's speculation that it was written as a gift for the wedding of Johann Sebastian Bach's older brother, who studied with Pachelbel. Okay. He, Bach couldn't have done it himself? It was a present. Okay. It's a gift. Fine. Sure. Some musicological research claims it couldn't have been composed before the 1690s. This is according to Elaine Sisman, a professor of music at Columbia. Other hypotheses suggest that stylistically it could have come at any point in Pachelbel's career, and he lived from 1653 to 1706. Oh, so they're just saying, like, 1690 is, like, where it kind of stylistically fits, but someone disagrees with that. Right. Okay. Exactly. 
According to the Times, Cannon and Dee essentially lived in obscurity until a modern edition of the sheet music was published in the 20th century. Oh, cool. Which was apparently a period of rediscovery for Baroque music. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) The song skyrocketed in popularity thanks to a 1960s recording by the French conductor Jean-Francois Pauliard. Would you like to listen to it? I would love to. So this is like every, everybody's wedding, right? I think like if you if you aren't convinced of the song's popularity by now, just think of like anyone walking down the aisle at their wedding. It's a huge wedding song. Huge wedding song. Perhaps the biggest of all time. Well, now you're kind of like getting into that Ed Sheeran era oh, God. of bad pop songs being wedding songs. No, thank you. Yeah, so so you can hear kind of every every set of instruments is doing like a different thing, right? So there are plucky strings that are kind of climbing up and down, and then there are bowed strings that are doing kind of a a, a quicker pattern. So it's like um, it's like patterns within patterns within patterns, and the one that is keeping the kind of the largest is the cellos, which that guy was complaining about having to do. <laughs> yeah which he just didn't like it because it's boring it's boring because he doesn't get to, it doesn't get that sh- he has to do the same eight notes for seven minutes it's like a lot of boring yeah. stuff repetitive especially because you like everyone needs to stop at the same time so it's not like you can just zone out you have to like keep counting too right they're kind of keeping the time they're keeping the time, but they also, like, they need to know how many times to repeat it. I'm sure he knows, like, exactly how many times he would need to repeat it to then just stop when he's supposed to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds pretty tedious. Yeah. So, Aline Sisman, that Columbia music professor, mm-hmm. she said that this recording got so famous because it's so dreamy and it's twice as slow as everything else. I don't know what she meant by everything else. Did she mean... All other Baroque music, all other recordings of Pachelbel. It can't be all other recordings of Pachelbel because they would have they would have notated what the time signature was, like on the on the sheet music. I think it's just like this compared to other music of the time. Okay, yeah, she said it's over seven minutes long with upward arpeggios that send you into a dream. Yeah, I I buy that. Fun fact: I was I went to presidential classroom when I was in high school. And there was like a talent show at the end of the week because like fucking, of course there was. And two different people got up and played Pachelbel's Canon on the piano. What? Yes. Horrible. That's embarrassing. Really bad. But the first girl was much worse than the second. The second girl like came up and like destroyed the first girl. And it was quite, quite funny. Well, I just got a little bit more interesting. Yeah. The hook brings you back. (laughs) Um, then in the 1980s, the song was the theme song and opening track for Do You Know the Answer? The theme song and the opening track for like a show? It's a movie. A movie. It won six Academy Awards. Pachelbel's Canon or Hook? Pachelbel's Canon. Pac-a-bell's We're still in Pachelbel. Pachelbel's Canon was the theme song to a movie that won six Academy Awards. Including Best Picture and Adapted Screenplay. Uh, and it was from and the I 80s. I think like Best Actor and Best Actress. If you give me a year, it might be a giveaway, but I need a year. 1980. 1980. September 19th. All of these things are just Virgos. September 19th, 1980 was the release date of this movie. Is it Ghost? No. No, Ghost is a little later. What is it? It's Ordinary People. Oh. Directed by Robert Redford, starring Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, it was her Oscar. And uh, yes, Ab- that's like a screenwriting class movie that everyone has to watch for some reason. I think it's fine. I almost watched it last night, but I got sucked into another movie that we'll discuss later. So I think that I think that I can hear it over the pictures of the family in, in that movie. Really? You yeah. can recall that. It fits? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what? What event propelled Canon and D to its matrimony throne? Um, no. 
Charles and Princess Diana's wedding. No. This is according to the Times again, heavily leaning on their institutional knowledge. What? Charles and Diana didn't actually use Pachelbel's cannons. They used the Prince of Denmark's March by Jeremiah Clark. Okay. So I sent you the link of that. Click on that just for a second. Like okay. You only need two seconds of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play it right now. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Okay. It is very, it's like, feels like the Olympic fanfare plus the graduation song plus Pachelbel's Canon. It's pretty awful. It's not good. Yeah. It's like, here are the trumpets coming to announce his royal majesty. Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not pleasing. Not pleasing at all, especially compared to Pachelbel's Canon, but this set the trend for using Baroque music. And then it was someone just like found it. Yes. Yeah, so then Pachelbel rose to the top. Because it's the best. Yeah. Do you know why it's called canon? I actually think I did know at one point that a canon is like a thing that repeats. Or is that an adagio? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're close. Yeah, that's, that's all I got. So the th- it's what the three violins do in the upper voices. They play in a round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Called a canon. That's a canon. So wait, wait, when did Charles and Diana get married? 1981. 1981. So, so not, you know, 40 years ago, this became, this, this got its start as a wedding song, not even because it was used as a wedding song. Right. The first time I know, knowingly know that I heard Pachelbel's Canon, my friend Stephanie was playing the piano in her house and she would always usually play, you know, chorus line and we would sing or rent, whatever. But she was playing Pachelbel Canon because she was practicing because her piano teacher was coming over. And I asked her, what is that? And she told me and I said, I want to have that song at my wedding. Like, <laughs> it feels so, so it just jumps out as a wedding song. <laughs> it's just you hear it. You want to get married. Fabulous. So why do you think John Popper relied on Pachelbel's Canon for this song, The Hook? I mean, I think because it, it kind of comes with the the territory of the the vapid pop song or the or the like the the prepackaged inoffensive touching the heroin pleasure center of your brain substanceless pop song so he could have he could have used the duop chords or the or the axis of awesome four magic chords or whatever else to make the same point um but this one is a little bit more optimistic than the rest of them mhm um, so yeah, a combination of like optimism and formu- formulaicness. Right. Which I think brings us back to the lyric, when I'm feeling stuck and need a buck, I don't rely on luck. Because the huck. Yeah. <laughs> this writer, Emily <laughs> Gundelsberger. That's not a real she name. She wrote this for the AV Club. Uh-huh. She wrote an article about the hook and she said, so instead of relying on luck in this song, Popper has co-opted Pachelbel's Canon, one of the most solid hooks of all time. Some of the little turns and flourishes in the vocals, like on the line, it don't matter who you are, even sound Baroque, as if to flaunt it. Mm-hmm. He slyly pairs Pachelbel's chords with lyrics that mock how shameless he's being. Yeah, and I think Familiar Heroes from long ago, because I definitely heard that line in the past, and I always, because I didn't catch the pan, the Peter Pan stuff, I always thought that that was a reference to, like, musically, I'm singing something that is very old right ah uh-huh and it, and it evokes this kind of like sword and sandals fo- being followed by a minstrel sort of thing <laughs> yeah like paul bettany in a knight's tale r.i.p heath ledger so i thought the lyric was something around like feeling stuck a needle in it i don't run amok okay so that's wrong that was very wrong i um, I, I knew that one i knew <laughs> Feeling stuck, need a buck, don't rely on luck. And then back in college, we would be partying. Eventually, the guitars would come out. No. Yes. No, no. Boys would pass it around. No, please. It's everything you hate. But it's also that same experience from presidential classroom, right? It's like, I'm going to play Pachelbel's Cannon. No, I'm going to play Pachelbel's Cannon. Right. There were songs on rotation, right? Bad Fish was always in the oh, rotation. wow. We went to very different colleges. <laughs> the hook and i always loved the hook to come because i could sing all the lyrics except for except know, for most feel of them. stuck and need a book yeah <laughs> um everyone was very impressed by my lyrical wizardry for me it was uh jesus etc by wilco that was okay. the there's this kid named nick dukes hi nick if you're listening 
um, who would play like a nine minute rendition of Jesus, et cetera. And he was like, poor, poor kid was like tone deaf. And so I cannot hear, cannot hear that song without thinking of Nick Dukes. He was in a band called Bearcat and the Free Downtown Radio Orchestra. I like that name. Mm, You would. It's fun. Mm. It's evocative. Of what? A cat in a downtown radio orchestra. Okay. A, sure. a downtown kind of cat. Downtown kind of cat. Like the cat on the cover of this record. Yeah. Or like Oliver. Oliver from, the from Oliver Company? Oh. The Aristocats. Oh, different Oliver. All right. So I'm amazing at singing this song. But then not as I amazing. come to see Emma Stone yeah. lip sync it on Jimmy Fallon. I definitely saw this when it came out and I was like, I'm in love with you. Right? I texted my sister. I'm like, Emma Stone has nothing on me, but I'm actually like, oh my God, I'm in love with this woman. Yeah. Can we please be best friends forever? So we're going to watch that as a refresher. Well, I mean, it's playing into her strengths because a lot of eye acting. <laughs> yeah. She has a lot of facial, great facial acting. I don't know. Facial acting is acting, but. <laughs> Tell me more, Stella Adler. <laughs> She's very intense about it. Yeah. That's like her thing is like the, the burlesque of taking something unserious and making it very serious. Yeah. It's, it's great. Good job, Emma. So Rolling Stone asked John Popper in an interview if he'd seen it. That video. Yeah. What did he say? Do you want to do a dramatic reading? Sure. Okay. I'll be Rolling Stone. You be Johnny. I don't know what he talks like. I got to get into character. Did you see Emma Stone lip sync hook on Jimmy Fallon? Oh my God, it blew me away. First of all, I was moved by every part of that. Even Jimmy Fallon saying, I forgot about that song, moved me. The fact that she knew it word for word and the fact that she sang it with that inflection blew me away. It was a moving thing. I went and bought two tickets to Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the amazing Spider-Man 2, John. We did do a response where I tried to do something from Easy A and I tried to do that dance, but you can tell I did not put the effort in. All I heard for the next few months was she totally smoked you. And I'd like to officially say that is 100% true. Okay, so do you want to see John Popper try to do ECA? Yes. Oh, it's like a fake Jimmy Fallon. Oh, poor guy. It's very belligerent yeah he's 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 a little he looks a little drunk i think possibly it's the camera that's the problem because it looks like someone's just sitting on a chair it's very sweaty yeah but that's always been his thing (laughs) i mean i think this is cute i he needs a he needs a better cameraman but other than that it's fine good good job john pop so now we come to the hard part of this broadcast. What? What? Earlier this week, I texted you. Yes. And what did I say? You said, I don't think we can do this. Or listen to the hook fondly ever again. Or listen to the hook fondly ever again. Yes. And what did you say? I said, what do you mean? Why is that possible? Uh, you said you were so excited. I was excited. And now it's time for you to find out why. Okay, here we go. <sighs> you sent me a BuzzFeed article. Which you did not read. I didn't read, but saving I, it. I just pulled it up. Okay, so now please read Hmm. this BuzzFeed article to us. The title is, The Guy from Blues Traveler Lied About Me in His Book. John Popper wrote about a Twitter fight we had in his new book, and it's wildly inaccurate. Hello, I'm Katie, mild-mannered writer and fan of early 90s pop music. This is John Popper, singer and harmonica player of the band Blues Traveler, known for their 90s hits, Run Around and Hook. Let's go back two years to May 2014. Popper used to be overweight. Since he's since lost a ton of weight good for him no shade and in an episode of behind the music about the band there was a particular anecdote about him that stuck out in my memory it was like the zeppelin shark incident of harmonica music the zeppelin shark incident is horrifying the the juiciest and most salacious detail by far the story was that because of his weight he would get winded when he masturbated and would stop what a crazy story okay i don't like this already i can't (laughs) I can't remember why I was thinking about the John Popper masturbation story, but when I tried to Google it and came up mostly empty-handed, get it, I tweeted about it. 
Um, so the tweet is from May 12th, 2014. The tweet is surprisingly little information on the internet regarding the legend that John Popper was too beast to masturbate. Um, note that she did not at John Popper or Blues Traveler. The only way that he saw this was by obsessively name searching himself, or maybe he used something like TweetDeck with a column dedicated to any mentions of his own name. I take, I take exception to the word obsessively, but sure. So I read, I'm sending you this part of the story, but I read some backstory from Katie and she wrote that as soon as she made this tweet, someone else tweeted at her, like, be careful and warned her that John Popper. Whoa obsessively looks for his name and starts fights with people that talk about him great so john popper replied it's always very exciting if a celebrity replies especially one that you admired as a teen replies to you and at first things were going okay so she says surprisingly little information on the internet regarding the legend that john popper was too obese to masturbate blues traveler the official blues traveler replies i'm really getting turned on by you girls reaching this researching the subject so thoroughly though wink Oh, no. Eggplant emoji, hand emoji, laughing emoji. That's not a laughing emoji. What is it? A Those coming the, emoji? The vinegar squints, yeah. What's a vinegar squint? The vinegar squints are when it's supposed to be like when you orgasm, your face makes a face like you just took a shot of vinegar. Okay, moving on. To which Kate replied, is it true, though? And Blues Traveler replied, when I'd start to feel chest pains and stop and then get back to feeling better and the porn was still going, so I'd start up again. Oh, no. But at some point, other people jumped into the canoe when a bunch of people are all in a Twitter conversation. And that's when all hell broke loose. So Blues Traveler says to someone named Karen, to someone named Lydia and to Katie, and you are too fat to kneel down to lap up the dick you hate yourself for wanting. Dot, dot, dot. Freak. Couple devil emojis. Mouth like emoji, tongue emoji. And so there's a bunch of, bunch of horrible comments, fat shaming some women, using the C word, m- talking about Bringing their moms rape. in. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Uh, okay. So he says they should have shut the fuck up. He calls them little cunts. Yeah, it's not good. Things I don't want to read. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Uh, you can look this up on BuzzFeed. We told you the title. It's easy to find. And these are screenshots. So it's not. These are screenshots. Yeah. Yeah. So Katie has, goes into in, in this post, you know, the, the top three rules she uses to engage in Twitter and why she didn't want to be part of it. And she just kind of backed away at that point. But she did write a BuzzFeed article about it. Yeah, from 2014, the guy from Blues Traveler is having a Twitter meltdown, and I'm trapped in his canoe. Okay. So flash forward to 2016, his book came out called mm. Suck and Blow. Fabulous. I will read from the chapter. Okay. One time, I got into an argument with someone who worked for BuzzFeed. It started when she and a few of her friends were trying to recall the interview on Behind the Music, where I was discussing being too obese that I started having chest pains while masturbating. The odd thing was that 10 years earlier, being honest about that was helping people, but now it seemed to be some sign of weakness or something to be laughed at. I was trying to go along with the joke, so I told them it turned me on that they were so interested in this. She answered, you can't even rape your hand. And I responded, nothing funny about hand rape unless the hand was asking for it. The next thing I knew, rape advocate John Popper was all over BuzzFeed. So yeah, of the of the Twitter the Twitter list that we read, that is not in there at all. Neither neither of those responses are in there from Katie or from John Popper. So whatever. Someone did say you can't even rape your hand. Sure. Katie showed it down. Showed it. Yeah, yeah. So someone else did, but he he is conflating the person who started the conversation with the person who kind of commented which if i'm being very generous to him is something that he could have potentially done because he's kind of an older guy and maybe not doesn't know what how twitter works or i don't know but the person who who said you can't rape your own hand was responding to him saying rape shit about their moms and then this person said yeah talk about a cyclical (laughs) argument you can't even rape your hand dude yeah, and so so he's conveniently leaving out the part where he's threatening to rape people or making kind of rape jokes. The internet is a vile, wretched place. 
And call me old-fashioned, but the thing that was grossing me out possibly the most was how he was using two as the word two and capital U's. I mean, I know because you had we had more character count restrictions back then, probably. He was maybe trying to get more bang out of his buck, but it was repulsive. Well, when he's feeling stuck and he needs a buck, he doesn't rely <laughs> on luck. So how do you feel now? I mean, not great. I definitely calmed down a little. <laughs> My first reaction was like, oh, hell no. I mean, we don't, we shouldn't have heroes because everyone, everyone is capable of really horrible, wretched shit. But I didn't like ever idolize him to begin with. So like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not so surprised or so broken hearted that this guy turned out to be a fucking monster. But we should, we should hold men to higher standards. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying like, it doesn't hurt my heart more so than any other person doing this would hurt my heart, you know? But the fact mm-hmm. that he, like, wrote a song that I like is is irrelevant to me. Okay. Well, that was going to be the end of the show, but then last night, I watched Muppet Takes Manhattan. Okay. You, have okay. you seen it? Um, I don't, probably not, if I have, not in, like, 25 or 30 years. It's really good, and it really holds up. It's funny. Okay. I believe you. Also, I feel like you could be the voice of Rolf. There's uh-huh. a part where he sings by himself, and it's like, <laughs> your sweet, sweet angel voice. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, now it's time for you to click on the Muppet link. The Muppet link. The final link. Okay. What are you hearing? <laughs> You're not going to like this. <laughs> what? It's not Pokeball's canon. It's not? No, it's a very it's definitely a variation of it. It's definitely a variation of it. It's a, yeah, but it's not the same chord progression. Oh. Mm. Okay. But it's it is an it is like kind of a, a head fake to it. I definitely think they got that from Paco Bell's canon. Sure, but it's it's like what we would consider like a sound alike, so they didn't want to pay the rights to use the real version, so they kind of changed a couple things around here and there. And it's not the same piece of music. Yeah, but that's a full-on nod. Yeah, 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 of course. That is all. That is all. Okay. Yeah, sorry to say that is not, that is not the same piece of music. Which is, which is interesting because this is, 80, this is 84, and the, what started the, the quote-unquote craze was also not the actual song, but was from 81. So it's like, I don't know if it was even getting like a foothold in the in the in the wedding industry yet i guess we'll have to call up the producers and ask them yeah jim well jim's dead (laughs) jim jr frank oz so that's it for this week tune in next week when we will do the same thing with the different thing and hopefully there won't be any weird masturbation twitter fights i wonder if i wonder if we can ever guarantee that there's never a guarantee there's never a guarantee (laughs) um so until next time, find us on social media. Where can people find us on social media? At Lyrics for Lunch. Yeah. And for longer and weirder stuff, shoot us an email. Lyrics for Lunch at gmail.com. So until next week, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, mm, don't, don't do that. Don't do that on Twitter to people, please. And the hook will bring you back. Yeah.